Welcome to the Everything EC Podcast. My name is Carla Ward, and this is our last episode of the summer series with Tracy Money on planning for learning. What are we learning today, Tracy? Today, we're looking at emerging curriculum and debunking interests versus themes. This is a hot topic, and I know many of us feel that we're no longer doing theme-based learning and that we've moved toward a more emergent curriculum, becoming co-learners with children in our programs. And I'm thrilled about how far we've come in our discoveries of how children's brains develop and how we as educators have been adopting better teaching practices that respect and support children's learning. But I do want to point out a quote from one of the earlier podcasts. We do our best until we know better. And when we know better, we do better. The thing about education is that it's always evolving from the latest research and discoveries about the human body, particularly those in the early years. So today I ask that you carry an open mind while I push your thinking about your current teaching practices, if this is new to you. So let's begin with the definition of theme-based learning and teaching. So I found this definition that made it fairly clear. So the essential notion of theme-based teaching is that many different activities are linked together by their content. So the theme or topic runs through everything that happens in the classroom and acts as a connecting thread for children and educators. And the core issue with themes is that it becomes focused around an object and not what children are actually wondering about. So then we take an object and force children to learn every aspect of it. And I can assure you that nowhere in the curriculum does it say that children must learn about dogs and be able to name every part of one. So alternatively, the document, How Does Learning Happen? provides insight into the importance of moving our focus away from the object that the child's engaging with and putting it on what they are doing with the object in order to identify the child's interests. So a colleague once described this as getting away from the noun and focusing on the verb, which is both brilliant and easy to remember. Yes. So I wanna share a story with you from an experience I had a number of years ago. Uh, I was attending a workshop with the school board and I heard one of the facilitators say that they hadn't started inquiry in their program because children weren't asking questions. And this struck me as odd, So I went home thinking and wondering what that meant, that children were not asking questions. Don't all children ask questions? And I thought I'd heard stats on the number of times a child asks why. So I looked it up and on average, three and four year olds ask about two to 300 questions a day. So why would they say their group isn't asking questions? So uh, as I read on, um, it says that there's actually a decline in the number of questions children ask when they enter the school system because it's thought that asking questions makes one appear less intelligent. And that's pretty sad. That's so sad. (laughs) Right? Breaks my heart. Um, But another thing I discovered in my research is that children don't always ask questions verbally, but can demonstrate their wonderings in their actions or in the images that they draw. So this is why it's so important to document the process. It will make the child's thinking and wondering evident. So a keen observer will look for the theories that the children are testing, the questions they're asking through their play, what they're noticing and attending to, as well as the problems they're trying to solve. An example of this um, used on page, is used on page 38 of How Does Learning Happen? Um, and it provides clarity of what is meant by focusing on the action and not the object. So it goes on to say, while observing a group of children interested in cars, Educators noticed that it wasn't so much the the cars that the children were focused on as the more complex questions such as how can I make it move? What happens on different surfaces? How can I make it go faster? How can I build a ramp? And 
what other things rule, or what might happen if I try these ideas outside. So exploring um, questions and theories about movement through their play actually deepens children's learning and engages them in thinking about physics and mathematical concepts. So there are meaningful and authentic learning opportunities. Yes. And then for our next steps, instead of educators overrunning the program with all about cars themed learning, they would be focused on providing children learning opportunities to continue to test their theories and ask questions through those investigations. Um, so I actually have another example of capturing the process and deciphering the deep interests and questions that children have about the world around them. But this time, um, the, the child was observed putting a variety of items in the window of a bus and then the doors. And the child was engaged in this process for a long period of time. The educator noted that the child would take an item and push it through the window. And then with the same item, they would push it through the door. And they continued this um, using a variety of items while repeating the cycle. So after the educators analyzed and interpreted the documentation, they felt the child was demonstrating an interest in measurement using non-standard measurement tools. And the child compared the sizes of the various items and checked to see if they would fit in the two different sized openings. Like brilliant, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, that's so interesting. And again, it comes back to our earlier podcast of that analyzing and interpretation being so important. Yes, that, that is exactly it. And just allowing space for children to do their thing, right? Yes. Um, so because this was the first time the child was noted using the materials in this way, the educators planned to offer a learning opportunity that would lend itself to measurement to see if the child would further demonstrate an understanding of measurement in other ways. So helping the educators to determine if this was growth in learning or it was key learning that the child was demonstrating. So as I was analyzing and interpreting this documentation, I was actually able to identify an expectation from the kindergarten document. Mm. Um, this is to demonstrate the connection from what you're seeing through your observations to the curriculum expectations that are being uncovered. So uh, I chose DL DLMB, which is demonstrating literacy and math behaviors. And uh, I felt that overall expectation 16 fit the best. So measure using non-standard units of the same size and compare objects, materials, spaces in terms of their length, mass, capacity, area, and temperature, and explore ways of measuring the passage of time through inquiry and play-based learning. Obviously not all those pieces, but um, some pieces of that. So observations of children engaging with their environment tells us a much more in-depth story and it offer, um, that offers answers to our questions about children's knowledge and understanding. So the educators plan to use vocabulary to help children become aware of their thinking. So that metacognition piece. Mm -hmm. And here it is evident that children have wonderings about the world around them and they have rich opportunities for investigation and inquiry. This teaches children how to think and not what to think. As the educator expose the children to different ways they can carry out their investigations through things like observations, collecting data, recording, sharing their findings, asking more questions, and connecting their learning to their prior knowledge and um, experiences. And if educators chose to just focus on the bus, they would proceed in leading a conversation about the children's wondering about the bus being the noun, mm -hmm. which really isn't authentic wondering or an interest. So as the other children didn't show an interest in buses, they're now being asked to make up questions about a bus. And I wouldn't have questions either. 
Right. So then we would, because this is how our brains lead us to the most easiest path, right? So educators would slowly turn the entire program into a bus theme and do all their curriculum planning around it from children labeling the parts of a bus to songs about buses to the dramatic play center turning into a bus. And this is theme-based teaching and learning. Um, and then they would, like, we're not doing it to hurt children, obviously, and we're, we're trying our best with it. But what happens is because it's the easiest path, we sort of unintentionally do these things, right? So they took what they thought was a child's interest and ran with it and allowed it to take over the entire program. Oh, and I have so been guilty of this. I mean, when I started as an ECE, like I've been in this field 16 years. And when I started out, I started out in theme, like play was not as big as it was now. And they have, didn't have as much research coming out into the childcare centers that we know now. And you would walk into our program and you would know exactly what we were (laughs) studying. And I use the word studying because that's what it was. We were deciding as educators, what the topic was going to be. And even when we moved to play base, I am so guilty of your bus example because I've done it. And then I wonder why the kids aren't enjoying it. I've done it with dinosaurs. I can think of a perfect example where I set up an entire dinosaur provocation and the kids walked right by it, had no interest in it. And I'm like, and of course it worked so well, hard. Why did that. I waste my time? Right. Exactly. Yes. I worked so hard on it. I wasted my time. And that's when the burnout comes, right? Whereas yes. if we take the time to observe, analyze, interpret, and then follow these steps, the result will be there. And I love that verb versus noun piece. Yeah, absolutely. And so many of us are guilty for that because we get tired, right? So, and then there are some children that are so engaged when those theme pieces come up, right? But we can't hold it to just for a few students and not all of our students, right? Education is for all. So educators need to make decisions about the types of interests that have the potential for rich and complex play. And I wanted to review what is meant by a noun and a verb when it comes to children's interests. So an example of a noun would be that children really like cars, bugs, or firefighters. And an uh, an example of an action verb would be children are moving, comparing, pushing, throwing, building, rolling, and counting. So you just see how it's different there. So how are they really different? So one ends up being almost forced upon the group and that limits the level of engagement and opportunity for the development of higher order thinking skills, focused mainly on filling children with information. The other is supporting children's curiosity through ongoing investigations where children can become deeply immersed in the learning and it allows for authentic and meaningful learning opportunities, bringing the children's questions to life. This would be an example of uncovering the curriculum and this is where children should be spending a majority of their time in this type of play. So here are some great items to keep readily available in your programs that have complexity to them, and they're rich in the ways that they invite and support exploration and curiosity. So you want to have real tools like mirrors, magnifying glasses, wire, rulers, and hammers. Um, Make sure that they're open-ended so they have multiple uses, have a variety of textures and sizes. And make sure these are staples in your program, that they are accessible to all children throughout the day. I know this was another really heavy podcast, but as always, I wanted to challenge you to review the way you collect your documentation of children in play. Are you focusing on the noun or on the verb? And then next, how can you create an environment that encourages exploration and investigation 
providing conditions where the curriculum is being uncovered. And since this is our last podcast for this Planning for Learning series, um, is it okay if I just do a quick summary, Carla? Yes, absolutely. Let's pull it all together. Okay. So as we discussed, pedagogical documentation plays a key role in our planning. And I just hope that this series has been able to provide a through line for educators to put the pieces of the parts that they were already doing well and together with those to close the gaps that existed in their understanding of how to plan for learning. It is the understanding that children need to be at the center of our responsive decision-making. So why this learning for this child at this time? And if we carry this view with us, a blanket statement that this works for most children would no longer be acceptable because we're looking at the individual and how we can differentiate the learning so that all children can thrive. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has joined us on this journey. It has been absolute pleasure researching the various topics that we've covered and sharing this information with you. So remember children benefit from your commitment to our profession. So remember you're all amazing. And Carla, uh, I have to thank you for giving me this wonderful opportunity. You've helped to push me out of my comfort zone and continue on my journey growing as an educator. And your passion for podcasts and helping others is really contagious. And I am so grateful that you've come on this podcast and I want to thank all the listeners who have sent us messages, followed us on Instagram and engaged with us and keep sending us those messages. We are here to support you as educators. We want you to be successful. And the real overarching theme here, overarching theme here is play everything that Tracy has talked about over the last eight episodes are all done through observing play documenting play, analyzing and interpreting play and putting it all together. So remember play is important. So thank you so much for joining us over these last eight weeks. And don't forget to send us those messages.